everyone. Welcome back to the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here. And today, super excited. I'm joined by Glena and Leon Elliott, authors who just wrapped up the book. We had a strategy call last week, maybe. So I'm really excited about sharing some of their story with you. So guys, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks, Stuart. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, this is going to be a great episode. I love your story so much. I'm really excited to share some of the background with people. And then we'll obviously move into the book and how we plan on using it. I think this is going to be one of those examples where I always recommend that people kind of head over to follow the links and follow the story. But for you guys particularly, because you've got such an established presence and the book ties in so nicely with that this is gonna be a really interesting story for people to follow along with and see how the book ties in with the business so with that in mind why don't we start with a bit of background on what you guys do and and the business and who it is that you work with yes again we just want to thank you for allowing us to be on your program on your podcast and uh, it means a lot to us uh, to be here with you uh, when we very first got started we chatted for a little bit it was just absolutely awesome i think it went a little bit longer than you expected <laughs> but, I, uh, I always apologize for people and check that they don't have a hard out because i sometimes I think we said as as we were talking, when I notice that my voice gets really croaky, that's a sign I've been talking too long. But <laughs> it's also a sign of the passion that you guys bring to it. So yeah, excited to share this with people. We've actually been working with couples for many years. And uh, we actually started doing like conferences and events uh, with married couples. Uh, we also work with singles that want to be married. Uh, we did marriage counseling or coaching for many years, a background is ministry, church, if you will. And that's how we got started. Delane and I met, <laughs> Delane and I met in what they call now, I call it junior high. I think they call it middle school now. And when I saw her, Stuart, when I saw her in the cafeteria that morning, it just, with that great smile, it just blew my mind. And <laughs> from that point, I started doing my thing, doing my sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and but definitely we we started right after we got married we had couples actually reaching out to us and we we're like wait a minute we haven't even been married that long and they were reaching out to us and asking us questions about our marriage and we were sharing with them what we were doing and and everybody was loving it so we started doing the events years later and they just worked and so what we wanted to do when we put the events together we had put together what my wife calls a workbook. I call it a book <laughs> to help guide us through and to help those couples to be guided through. And we would do us dealing with money. We were dealing with sex or intimacy. And we were dealing with what's the other communication, part of communication yeah. which is very important yeah. that you have that communication. And that's that's how we got started. And that's, I guess, one thing I have to ask first is, Delaney, do you remember the middle school experience in the same way? I've got visions. I, I don't, coming on you know. Spotlight yeah. on Leon as he's sauntering over. <laughs> I was actually, I was a cheerleader, Stuart, so he forgot to put that little plug in. So I was in my little <laughs> cheerleading uniform. But Leon was, he was really shy. We were outgoing and bubbly. We even had some classes together, but he was really shy. So I didn't really know that he had an interest until we started becoming friends. And then we joined a, we formed actually a singing group 
together where oh, my really? mom, yeah, my mom was like our director. And, and so we started recruiting our friends and then we just clicked. We thought alike. We got along so great. And so we knew then as teenagers that we could be a couple, but it wasn't until after we graduated that we got married right out. We Both of us were in college and we decided that we were going to get married. And so then he went into the military and we got into the mortgage industry. And that's where our financial background came into when we were in Monterey, California. So Back then, though, like I said, he was so shy. I didn't really know that he was really interested until we became really good friends. And that's how it works. And we're still friends today. So, <laughs> so my wife and I, I think some people know the story. We were friends in the last year of college back in the UK in the 90s. And then our past kind of went different ways. And then we always loosely stayed in touch. But she was over here in the States and I was back in the UK. Um, but we reconnected when I was over in the States more with work. 10 years ago now. So that long burn of a friendship and yes. the common communication that you have without the pressure of a relationship, I exactly. guess that helps in establishing some of the foundations that the other people then saw and were asking you questions. Um, yes, I agree. You yeah. mentioned the mortgage business then. So you're financial advisors now and offer people yes. the financial advice element as well. Yes. The relationships the relationship counseling for want of a better term did that come completely independently was that almost a pastime thing or was there a, a business interest in that right from the start right from the start okay definitely yeah. yeah right from the start we knew we wanted to be professionals um because i come from um a single parent home where my mother was the breadwinner and most 74% of our community steward are headed by uh, Black women that are the breadwinners. And so growing up with that, um, I, I knew that this was a passion for me. Right. I saw how my mother, she basically, she was it. She was ex-military. Mm -hmm. She was in college and raising us at the same time. So with that was such a burning passion for me to learn yeah. about money, to understand money. I watched her budget prior to computers with shoe boxes yeah. and organizing her money and her bills and paying her bills. And mm -hmm. we come in with all the paper all over the bed. She was you know, organizing <laughs> her finances. I'm like, what are you doing yeah. every month? And so watching her do that, and then she was so organized and then computers came in, she automated everything. And when she passed in 2017, Stuart, mm -hmm. wow. all my sister and I had to do was grieve yes. because mom had her life insurance. Her, yeah. Her, everything was organized. Um, we, she passed on a Monday, Tuesday, we were in negotiations with the funeral home by mm -hmm. Saturday, she was buried. So we didn't have time right. to get it together. We had it, it had to already be together. Yeah. And so again, that kind of fueled the passion for us to teach our community that we can have a good relationship with money. So yeah. that, yeah, that's a passion yeah. for yeah. us. Was your experience the same, Leon? Did you see it from a family perspective? Was it something that you'd grown up with? Yes. Basically what Delaney said, I watched my grandparents raise me until I was about 12 years old. And I watched my grandmother put money away and put make sure that the family was taken care of. My grandfather would work, but my grandmother would take care of the money and everything. Right. And yeah. I saw her kind of buy her own home and put it on land. And so I saw that happen. But on the flip side, my parents worked so hard. They were focused and working, but they just, they didn't know what to do with their money. So right. as a young person, <laughs> this is what's really funny. I was about 
13, 14 years old. And I told my parents, I said, listen, I don't know what y'all doing. Y'all make money, but you need to give it to me so I can manage it. <laughs> and that's very true. My dad yeah. laughs about that now today. But they're in a better, way better position than they it's were then. That generational split, seemingly they'd seen it from their parents because mm-hmm. you'd seen it from your grandparents, but something gets lost in translation. And I almost think that, I'm guessing that we're similar age, so at school in the UK in the 80s, there was like, uh, we would call it home economics classes. Yes, yeah, we, yeah, we had it here <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, home yeah. economics. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm glad those words translate. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say something and I can't quite make the translation quick enough. But those classes, I think, have broadly gone away as the mm-hmm. budgets get cut or the emphasis just on qualifications yeah. goes up. So the people who are the younger generation now, unless they're seeing it from family, and even then, when it's such a close connection, sometimes you don't always appreciate it. Is so I right? imagine that in your experience, you've seen quite a lot of people coming in with really very little understanding of either the financial side or Mm -hmm. even the interpersonal side. Mm -hmm. Has that been the experience? Do you really see people coming in with a low level of understanding? Definitely. Yeah. Because people are living, Stuart. They're just, they're in the grind. They get married and they think that understanding money is just going to come by osmosis, right? It's just, you know, because who, who thinks about money outside of earning it, spending it, saving it, but coming together as a couple, understanding that there's different backgrounds and how we were raised and that there is a relationship with money. A lot of people don't have that understanding. And so when they come, they may have joint accounts. They may have separate accounts. Some people don't bank at all. So you've got the the pay loans and just a lot of different dynamics in our culture. And so I think what what Leon and I um, are able to do is to bridge that gap. We've been in mortgage banking and financial services for over close to 40 years. And so we grew up with it because we were, again, I was able to get in it. I think I was like 22 Mm -hmm. when I uh, joined the bank. And so we come from that background, but a lot of couples do not. And right. so we're able to bridge that gap, help couples have the money conversation, help them understand that talking about money can be normal. Yes. It doesn't have to be a frustration. And we just help with that understanding. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. the I guess that's a good transition into the book. Yeah. So the book itself is called The Power of Oneness, which reflects yes. the overall program. Those are elements that are within that. So there's the communication, the financial and the the intimate side of things. Yes. Is it a pretty even split? So the people who you help best, who resonate best with the programs, is it a pretty even split across all three of those elements of the stool? Or do you, because of your financial background, is it more the financial element that people resonate with? I think it's pretty much a, a split yeah. between all of it because we want to make sure that we cover the whole thing. But finances is a huge part of it because marriage is split up mostly because yeah. of finance. Exactly. They find that they can get everything else right pretty much, but then they can't get on the same page with that money. And so mm-hmm. by us being advisors and loving it, yeah. really enjoying it yeah. and learning so much about the financial industry. With life insurance, things we didn't know, like Delana is saying in our community, it was there, but it was for burial, enough right. to, to make sure that we got in the ground. But what right. we know now, what we've learned yeah. about life insurance and how we can use it as as a concept of a bank. A wealth building right. tool. Wealth building tool. Never heard of that. 
Although we heard of stuff like cash value life insurance. Yeah, we heard of it, but what did that mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, how, do, yeah. how do we use it? How do we right. make, use it to and our it, advantage? Yeah. Even as professionals, you talk come from the perspective of people actually in the industry, and there's still that stuff that isn't the central mainstream, the stuff that's slightly on the edge or isn't commonly talked about. Even as professionals, the people closest to it possibly, it was still something that's unclear. Exactly. I can really imagine that for the for the general population out there who were typically turned off from thinking about that type of thing too much anyway, yeah, yeah. such a, an opportunity that's missed. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an interesting bridge because when we look at the job of work of what you want the book to do mm-hmm. and your core day-to-day business, you're not just relationship counselors and, and right. this is the business and this is the job of work. You're not just financial advisors. There's a bridge across the both. I think it's quite interesting we often talk about this idea of to- topic bridging. So for example, if you were just financial advisors, you might still talk about the relationship element of it as an introduction to the conversation. But for you guys specifically, there's such a tight connection between the two. What's the I guess as I'm thinking about the audience who's listening in, there's going to be that mix of the audience that you share with, who might be your clients. We want to share now what the book is about to encourage people to get hold of it. It's obviously going out to our audience and these are business owners and entrepreneurs thinking about a book for their own purpose. What's that bridge in your mind? What led you to writing the book in the first place and that bridge between the community and the book and the health and information and then how that translates into actual business? Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's about empowerment. It's about knowledge. We wanted people to have a book, have something that they could, that's relatable. Leanna and I tell our background, our stories. We don't talk a lot of tech, techie, even though I am a technologist by, by, by financial technologist as well. But we wanted to make sure that people had something in their hands. Like I said, Leon and I have been doing Power Wellness conferences for years, and we always had a book that they could follow. They could take their notes, husband and wives, whether it, whoever was in the room could jot down the thoughts because that we all, Stuart, have stored beliefs. We have things, language, money don't grow on trees. And what do you think? Who do you think I am? A bank and can't get blood out of a turnip. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and so we wanted to be able to have something that was relatable, that was educational, right. and that people could have as a tool. They can look and read about life insurance, read about saving, making money normal, generational wealth, how to pass that on, how to control it and hold on to it, and have those family conversations with your children. We're here with our son and our daughter-in-law. We're going to be new grandparents soon. Ah, fantastic. Uh, Yay. (laughs) And so when we get together, we have those family conversations. We talk about business. They're entrepreneurs. Both of them are in the entertainment industry. And so we have those conversations and we make it normal. So we wanted to bring that that climate, that energy, if you will, to the book. And yeah. then let people know that, you know what, we can have, we can talk about money during Thanksgiving. It doesn't have to be awkward. Right. Yeah. We can have a conversation that's not taboo during the holidays when we come together in your family chats. You're talking with your family anyway. Make sure that you're all on the same page. What about a family vision? 
Thank what you. about a dynasty? What do you want to lead? Leon always teases the kids about he wants his picture on the mantle so that our <laughs> grandchildren can say, that's grandpa. And grandpa had a yeah, saving plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we want, it, we want it to be fun. We don't want it to be stressful. Right. Um, and then we, because we are subject matter experts, if you will, in the products, we not only wanted to teach and have it have seminars and conversation, but we wanted to make sure that our clients were in the right products right. as well. So we're salespeople, we're teachers, and then we are ministers. So put all that together, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the good thing about it is, particularly when you're coming from a perspective of it's not like a hard close, no. Glenn Glammy, Glenn Ross, always be closing type sales pitch. Right. The whole holistic approach yeah, is sharing the knowledge. So the religious context of the word or just the sharing context, it's the empowering other people and increasing their understanding. One of the things that, as you were talking, you said something about getting people on the same page. Yes. And I imagine that must be quite a challenge in the in the environment of, of a workshop or a seminar, yeah. because people come with so many different views, not everyone is on the same page when they walk in through the door. But the benefit of the book is at least you're helping to bridge that gap or close that gap a little bit because it either whether it's commonality of language or familiarity of products or just the general approach and how it sticks together, someone having consumed that information a little bit more at least they're walking through the door or jumping on Zoom with a little bit more being on the same page, both each other and with you guys. Do you find that at all as an element of getting people up to the same page and an anticipation that the book will help close that gap? Most definitely. We wanted to start in the book. We started out talking about communication. As one of the chapters is on communication. Communication is a two-way street. And that, and in that part of the book, we talk about some of what the backgrounds are. What was your background in this? What was your background in that? To try to start bridging that gap, as you say, putting them on the same, getting them to talk, communicate and express themselves. Because Delana was saying sometimes communication can be a a taboo thing. People don't really, when you got the, the husband who don't talk much and you got the wife that enjoys hearing stories or want to know what your day is like when and, and you don't want you come in you just want to get in your lazy boy and push the football. Yeah, and watch football <laughs> and they talk to me so we're bridging that gap about being able to communicate with one another then start to talk about money then start to talk about life period because what we want to do is we want to cover we want to teach you how to get into that role of talking about money talking about the family where it's going. And that's huge for us. That's huge for us because we want to make sure that everybody is not just the parents, but when our son sees us, we only have one child, but he saw us work all our lives Mm -hmm. together. So in communicating together. And I was was that guy that didn't want to talk a lot. I I I enjoyed listening to her, but getting my thoughts out was a little bit harder. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to do that. And, and it's okay if you don't know to reach out, even as a man. Mm-hmm. I had a gentleman reach out to me and say, hey, man, my wife and I are not on the same page. I need your help. Right. That way they could contact us if we needed to do deeper work. Yep. We're open to that. If it, yeah. if it works out, if you're if it works out where we can work together with you, we're open to that. We, we, we're open to help relationships. And that's where we are. Yeah, like you said, it's not just about a sale, 
Um, it, it is about can you succeed as a couple? Right. And, uh, and the whole, like you said, the holistic view, the power of oneness, one mind, singleness of thought, there's power in that. There's a stability that you bring to your children when they see that you can communicate about anything and everything that that gives them confidence, right. that, that gives them a sense of stability. Yes. And I'm so the- then they're more ready to talk but, with their husband and wife or girlfriend, that's or, such girlfriend a, or whatever. That's such an interesting insight because I think there's so much, my wife's a kindergarten teacher in a Waldorf school. So over the summer nice. they had some, the staff had some collected reading. And then one of the books, the name was on the tip of my tongue, it's disappeared. It might be called Anti-Fran. Anyway, it was a semi, I think it was written by an academic, but not particularly an academic book, but it was pointing out some of the, fragility of kids today so i think he was talking from the concept of lucy red i didn't uh, i was just listening in and she was sharing pieces so i think it was written from the, the context of kids going to college and university and entering the works workplace and how the difficulties they're having is partly due to the society and parenting over the last 20 years so as opposed to when we were grown up, where you were kicked out of the house and told to come back when it goes dark. Yes, yeah. exactly. If you were abducted, you'd get a clip around the ear for being abducted first, and then there'd be the sympathy. So anyway, this kind of slightly fragile element. So I think, a long way of saying, that example you were just giving of people coming to you because they recognize the need for and making a change. There is a better path. They see it in yes. you guys. They want it for themselves. So there's that first tier of improvement. And then from that, there might come relationship conversations and financial conversations and intimacy conversations. Mm-hmm. They might, th- there's a product element to it, which you can right. help with just on that side of the business, which that helps. But this broader generational element of then their children, seeing them work through it and everything doesn't get handed to you on a plate. You have to work for it a little bit. Right, exactly. Challenge and difficulty leads to growth and opportunity as a generational swing. That must be, um, Seeing that in practice must be quite uplifting for you to see it because you've been doing this now for this isn't your first year. You must no. have <laughs> over 30 years. And it just feels like a year, but it's actually been longer. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucy's the same. She's been teaching for 20, 27 years. So she's nice. starting to see wow. the children of people who were in the community before. So anyway, long way of saying. That generational change, do you firsthand see that impact on the next generation down as the kids are responding to what the parents decided to do 30 years ago? Yeah, we have we have children um, <laughs> uh, that are now grown and they affectionately call us mom and dad. And they're so <laughs> excited about thank you for helping my parents. One of, one of the families I'm, I'm real specifically in my mind thinking about right now, when he got his job and everything, he saw how we were helping his parents. And he called Leon and he said, I just want to thank you so much because we have food in our cabinet. We have well, food in our refrigerator. It's like, we're not struggling financially anymore. And when a teenager says that, that's really powerful because they see that their parents made money choices differently because they had the information, they had the support. And that's what it's all about, Stuart. It is about one generation after the other succeeding. And you have a part in that. 
And that, that to me is, is stability. You talk about lead generation, right? <laughs> if you help the parents and then the children see that there's fruit there, then they're going to, they're going to trust you. And then they're, you're going to take care of the grandchildren. Yeah. And because it's about every generation succeeding because we have the right information, put them in the right products and we're advisors that care. So yeah. I, I'm excited about that. Yes. That's a, a great point as well, and a good way of switching into kind of the more business side of the conversation, uh-huh. which is always difficult. A, a lot of these conversations, the people who come to the point of wanting to write a book, m- the majority are thinking about things. Sorry, my phone just rang. I'm not sure if you heard uh-huh. that. <laughs> so, the majority of people who are thinking about writing a book, where there's two camps. Okay. I'm probably sticking on one to any thoughts today. Two camps. This is what happened when we had the strategy call last time. There's so much yeah. excitement. <laughs> off we do that to people. <laughs> There's two camps of people who write the book. One who are coming to it purely from a kind of process point of view of it's lead generation. We want something that's effective, but really it's part of a campaign. And then the next group is, no, we've got, as well as that, we've got a very clear message that we want to share. And there's an, an emotional connection to it and, and a real desire to share, like you guys, share the information and the knowledge. But the lead generation piece of it almost comes secondarily, but it's something that we want to focus on and orchestrate that journey through. So the book, your book, The Power of Oneness, is we're just wrapping that up now. It is pretty new. Do Mm. you think about writing that specifically? I know you talked about there being another book that you used in the business. Yes, definitely a series. Yeah. So this idea of how it fits into the bigger picture, was that pretty orchestrated? You've got a pretty clear idea now of how to use it and how to use it next, uh, rather than a kind of build it and they will come type approach? Yeah, because we we also do coaching. And so we saw that people would come in through our coaching for marriage, for empowerment, do a lot of work with women and mind of their money so they can understand that there's is a mental aspect as well. So they come to us for coaching and empowerment mm-hmm. and information. And then as a part of our coaching program, the, the finances again, was a, was a foundational. And, uh, and so in the talking about their finances, we gave them what their, what their steps would be. And to us, life insurance is the foundation of every financial plan. You, if you don't have life insurance, what are we talking about? We don't have a plan. So that's foundational. So they, to them, yeah. it's okay. This is part of, this is part of the, the process. It was no, no sales needed. It, it was just part of the process to be successful financially. And that's what we found. And so we said writing a book just substantiates that. It helps us be the subject matter expert in the mind of people. But this was something we were already doing before the book right. because we feel like we are the book, right? We, right? We're the walking, talking evidence yeah. of what we're teaching. We live it every day. Yeah. And so yeah. we wanted to provide that and that confidence and they seeing it happen in our life. And then they watch our children and now our grandchildren mm-hmm. is evidence. So the book is, again, it's an extension of what we were already doing. But I think the book is going to now help us yes. even get a more national reach because, again, we're seen as subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. So we really thank you guys for helping us get there. Yeah, pleasure. And I think that's the when people come to us with the seed of the idea, the fact that we've done a thousand of these now, we can just plug in a little bit of a tweak here and a direction here and a use case there and yeah. just help amplify it. It really is the the kind of 
synergy of the the passion and the expertise that you bring on the subject and what we can bring to the the process and not only just make sure that it happens and gets done but is amplified and leveraged to make it as effective as possible um one thing that i really like that you mentioned there is this idea of the product the sale the fact that there is a financial instrument in there somewhere is almost secondary to yes, natural. I mean, secondary, natural yeah much yeah. better way of thinking about it yeah <laughs> exactly it's the obvious logical part of the overall solution that we're trying to create for people and i think that's true no matter what business you're in if you can think about the knowledge that you're sharing and trying to bring people along in a way that's very beneficial for them and there is that natural component of it it just makes it a much more smoother and and yeah. less mm-hmm. stressful process mm-hmm. for both parties we don't have to feel like we're right. selling you or convincing right. you <laughs> and then you don't have to feel like you're being sold and so it's just so it's just natural it's like yeah, breathing it's just yeah. it's very yeah. natural yeah yeah mm-hmm. um switch gears slightly into the process so for you guys i think there was more of a the the seminars that you've been doing were mm-hmm. on message with the book and you've yeah, got yeah. years of experience of doing it in a particular way. Was the the process of creating the book, we always talk about the work from the outside in. So the front cover grabs people's attention and the back cover is the call to action. And then the table of contents is the quick stepping stones where people can mm-hmm. scan down and get that feel they're in the right place. And then the content kind of comes from that. So for you guys going through the process, was that an easy thing to pull together because it was so married up with the existing way of doing things? Or was there a lot of kind of manipulating what you do day to day into the structure of a book? Your team did a great job. First of all, helping us get an outline. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Kept us in line as to where we wanted to go. And we definitely worked with them very closely and they helped walk us through the process. Okay. And it was with that outline, with what they brought, and they helped us create our stories. Yeah, they were great you know, interviewers. Yeah, they're great, great interviewers. interviewers yeah. And it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. With, I can imagine, I haven't listened back to the recordings, but I can imagine that as you were recording the content, just the level of energy and yes. breadth yeah. of We had a ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would have made it a very kind of smooth and, and seamless process. Yeah. Um, the you mentioned there this idea of being a little bit all over the place. I guess that comes from having such a a wide sphere of influence and a, and a wide breadth of experience. One of the elements in the scorecard, the book blueprint scorecard, is this idea of beneficial constraints, and yes. that by being narrow, it actually helps getting it done. And then obviously, there's all of this stuff outside of the pages of the book. But in terms of narrowing the scope to get it done, that kind of, particularly when you come from such a broad experience, that beneficial constraints is one of the key things to narrow it down and get it done. Did you have a feeling anywhere in the process that it was difficult to narrow that scope down or was it easy to think, okay, this is in the book and this is out of the book? That, that, that's, that's very, yeah. that, that is a very good question. Go ahead. Yeah, because Leon, Leon had to stop me from rewriting the book. <laughs> okay. Delena, hit send, hit send. Okay. <laughs> we'll cover that in the next book because you want to tell everything. You know, you're so right. excited and you, you understand the benefits and what you want to give. Yeah. And, and and then I'm, I'm an avid reader. So I wanted to make sure that all the grammar and everything was correct. And when I'm going through and I'm like, oh, 
this is so conversational. And are people going to be, are they going to, are my academics going to feel like this is too basic? Or, <laughs> and so then I said, okay, then content is good. They can talk to us and coach with us. They know that we're real. And They'll get it. Okay. Right. And that's actually such an interesting point because the idea of a conversation starting book, a minimum effective book is the anti-book in a way. It's not yes. this set in stone, typeset by monks, costs a hundred thousand dollars in in a tone that people wouldn't recognize as you if you then spoke to them on the phone. This idea of a conversation starting book, which is cost effective and time effective to yes. get it out there that starts the conversation that reflects the language that you use so that when you do get on the phone with them because of the risk of going off on another tangent but this <laughs> idea of the a, a traditionally published book the job it would have took work, us forever Stuart. Yeah. We, we wouldn't have never got it done we, we, right. we would still be yeah. we, we would still be thinking and, about it trying and to get to it what done. End. Yeah. exactly yeah. and to yeah. what ends the people exactly. who purchase or the the whole marketplace for traditional books yes. is to make money off the cover price of a book. The whole purpose of a conversation starting book is you want them to have a conversation with them. The outcome you want is for them to jump on a call and say, hey, when's the next seminar? Exactly. And if they walk into the room feeling that like they know you already, then that's done a job that exceeds the just the words on the page it's i agree yeah it's powerful experience yeah, yeah. And i was in a, a mastermind book club <laughs> and okay. we were t- meeting every saturday and we were talking and it's just great and, and now we're published what three months right. oh my gosh it's powerful the process is powerful now I, I would just implore anyone to get it done yeah stop thinking yeah. about it stop talking about it stop angsting over it and right. just do it yeah. <laughs> the idea that you don't know no plan survives contact with the enemy or what's the Mike Tyson line? Everyone's got a plan until I punch them in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that type of thing. Like you can go into a book project with an idea of what the outcome will be or how it will be received or which elements will resonate. And there was a, a show that we did a couple of weeks ago, I think it was with Paul Ross, and he was saying there was a throwaway line almost that he had in the book. Uh, that he was talking about one particular thing, but 80% of the people who have spoken to him afterwards have all picked up on this one tiny thing. So now he knows that element is such a key critical path on the road to people becoming clients. He could have doubled down on a book and not included any of that at all, or there's an opportunity for that to be a whole follow-up in the funnel or a whole second book focused on that piece individually. It's yeah. Again, out there, and reacting and responding to how it actually is received and pivoting and and amplifying those pieces. Yeah, so powerful. I just looked up in the top corner of my screen and okay. realized how long I've been talking on ago. Um, you had help. <laughs> Did I do that? It's, uh, yeah, at least this is the second time we've talked. So I don't feel, yes. uh, I feel like I've caveated it enough now. And people listening to the podcast understand yeah. as well. One of the things I'd really want to encourage people as we started was saying that people follow along with your journey and, and what you do and then see how the book anchors in with the rest of the programs where's the as people are listening to this both kind of our clients listening on our podcast feed and your clients who are listening to if if you share it where's the best place for them to go to learn more about what you guys do and and take that next or watch it on that next step two websites we have leon and delana.com that's leon l-e-o-n 
D-E-L-A-Y-N-A dot com. And yeah, Leona and Delana, Leona and Delana dot com. And that's like my little tagline at first. And then the the URL for the book would be powerofonenessbook.com. That's powerofonenessbook, no S, book singular dot com. So fantastic. Start there and then um, we'll take it right on. (laughs) Yeah. And like I say, this example, both for people reading the book and consuming the information, because it's fantastically useful and mind expanding a little bit in terms of the approach that you take and and the breadth, but also joining along because of this tie in between the business and the seminar and what you do and what you promote in social media and all of the communications with what's in the book. So we want to encourage people to see that connection because it is, it's, it is very strong. So I'll make sure that we put links to this both in the podcast show notes. So if people are just okay. listening, that will be in a, the show notes and they can click through or on the website, if they're listening and, and click through to the website, we'll put the links in there. I think we've covered it all, but any last thoughts yeah. on? I, I think um, for my engineers and technology people uh, who don't are not necessarily looking at the relationship piece world fidelity life <laughs> is our financial services company just okay. right here and Leanna's right there we have our photo there all of our background as far as, as advisors so if you're looking for specifically financial advice and for life insurance and annuities world fidelity life is our company so they can go right there Ah, perfect. So we'll put a link to that as well. Like you say, some people just want to cut straight to that piece. Get to the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll make sure that's there as well. Okay. No, it's been great. I just, I've enjoyed the whole process of putting the book together. It's been a dream of mine for 20 plus years to get this done. And now to have it where it's marketable and, and to be able to put it out there and however it's thought of, our whole heart was to get to talk to the people and right. to share with them the information that we feel like that changed our lives, yeah. that can change their lives. And finances, we wanted to start with that finance piece because that's what breaks up so many marriages, yeah. as I said yeah. before. So the power of oneness, winning in marriage and money, you can do it all. You can have it all. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what I love. Thank you. Fantastic. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I enjoy it every time we get to talk. We'll yeah. be talking more offline off the podcast, I'm sure. And then it'll be great in a little bit down the track, get you guys back on and then we can get some, be really interesting to hear some stories of how the book's impacting people because I really think that's going to not be eye-opening because I think everyone knows, but to get that real feedback and hear the stories firsthand, that'll be great to share with people as well. So Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, For thanks for listening. As always, check out the show notes. As I mentioned, we'll put links to, to the websites in the podcast notes and on the website. So check those out and then we will catch you on the next one. Yes, right. sir. We're thanks, looking Stuart. forward to it.